Hi, everyone. Welcome to Our Salty Life. I am Megan Barker, and today I am joined by two wonderful ladies who are going to share with us the joys of dating someone with CF and navigating this journey. Um, I'm going to start off by telling you guys a little bit about how I met my husband and what that kind of looked like for me. Um, I think my story is different than everybody's because Ty was my patient. So I literally went in to give a breathing treatment and I was like, oh my gosh, he's beautiful. <laughs> and so um, it's always been kind of a joke for him that it was really easy to start dating me because I knew about his CF. So he didn't have to tell me because he always said that was a big struggle for him was having to say, hey, I'm sick because, you know, there's a lot of people that that's a lot to take on and they didn't want to, I guess, you know, some people were like, eh, you know, I don't really want to get into that or whatever, but it obviously it wasn't a big deal for me because I knew that he had CF before I knew him. And so um, it was kind of, it was kind of fun. I, you know, I dug through his chart obviously, cause that's, you know, I was looking for orders and stuff. And then I went in and he was watching a poker tournament and I was like, Oh, he's really cute. Okay. I need to make him talk to me. So I played poker. So I knew questions to ask. And then there was something with that. I think he had a Colts. He either had an Indianapolis Colts, shirt or a hat. I can't remember which one because it's been a hundred years now, but I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. So that was my end. I was like, oh, you know, Peyton Manning. Oh, so that we just kind of started talking. And then that particular admission, he was in the hospital, I think for three weeks. So I had all this time. I took him dinner. I did all the things. So I truly wined and dined my husband in the hospital, made him fall in love with me. And here we are. And it's kind of an ongoing joke that Peyton Manning is the reason that we're married. So really love Peyton Manning. But yeah, it's um it's always fun. I get a lot of weird looks, obviously working in healthcare. Some of my colleagues are like, you married a patient? And I'm like, I married a patient. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of a fun, it's a fun little story. So, but okay. Who else? Who wants to go next? Who has a fun story to share? Can we go? I'll go. Okay. So Justin and I we met um, right before COVID started. We met online on Bumble. Oh. Um, we had both been dating for a little while and, you know, it was a disaster, but we just kept showing up. And I started talking to him March 2020 before everything got the world shut down. And he is post lung transplant. So with his um, anti-rejection medicine, he doesn't drink. So on the profiles, um, it said that he doesn't drink. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, you don't drink because a lot of people meet to go out for drinks. And, you know, so like, I didn't know if he was, why he really wasn't drinking. So he's like, I don't drink, but I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me if you do. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I, this is before I knew he had CF or anything. He said that he didn't drink because he had a life-saving operation. And oh. <laughs> yeah, he just left it at that. And I'm like, okay. So like instantly I'm like searching online already. I'm like, what, what could this be? Like what? So a lot of things I came up were like, like a kidney transplant or some liver transplant or something like that. So I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, but I had no idea. And then I was like, 
I need to know more. And he had fallen asleep during the conversation. It was like maybe like 1130 or 12. So like he left me just like hanging. And I was like, would you want to maybe talk more about that? (laughs) And (laughs) the next morning he's like, you know, sorry, I fell asleep. And he said that he had a double lung transplant, that he had cystic fibrosis. And I knew nothing about cystic fibrosis at all. Like I had heard it before, but like nothing specific. So instantly I Googled it and it was horrifying. It was horrifying. Like, cause I'm like, this guy already like was like sweeping me off my feet. And I had already said that to him. And then I look and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like those, this was like the most grim like statistics and diagnosis and stories. And I was just like, my heart hurt for him. And I'm just like, this is okay. So like little by little, like we talked more about it and I had to make that decision, you know, like, is this something that I can kind of take on like that I want, or is this too much for me? And I like, it was the most, one of the most easiest decisions ever. And I'm just like, this guy, like he, there is something so special about him. And I was like, I'm in, I was like, because even though these awful statistics were like, you know, how long an organ transplant can last or not last, or Justin was already going to be turning 40. And, you know, the life expectancy. So I was like, okay, even if like we only have six months together, I was like, I need these like six months because he was already changing my life, like just by his like kindness and funny and just so charming. And he was teaching me so many things and I was like, I'm not, there was a, there was a Brene Brown special that I had watched before. And it was talking about choosing courage over comfort and like putting yourself out there and like being vulnerable and like opening yourself up to these like you know emotions and feelings and experiences so I jumped completely all in and then we decided to quarantine take with each other when as like a week later and now it's been like three years and so after one year we got engaged and then the following April we were getting married. And now the following April we are like doing the IVF stuff and hopefully, you know, having a successful experience having a baby, but you know, these, it was, it was huge. And there's been bumps in the road, you know, some hospital stays and some sicknesses and, um, but I wouldn't change anything. Like it was the best decision ever. It was terrifying because you just instantly think of losing this person that you just met. And that's really scary. Yeah. I remember having that same. So obviously, you know, I knew, I I knew about CF, um, obviously respiratory school, you know, we, but it's, it's very minimal. Like it's, it's kind of funny for CF to be such a huge respiratory illness. You don't really, you know, like we don't get this, like, it was literally like a page, maybe a chapter in like a small book in one class. And, you know, that was it. And 
everything was very textbook, what I knew. Like, I didn't know, you know, I knew hospitalizations were part of it, but it was so funny because we started dating in like the end of September, beginning of October of 2007. And he was in the hospital then, and then he got readmitted right after Christmas. And I remember going, like thinking, oh my God, he's going to die. Like that admission. And, you know, I mean, it it completely went out the window that, you know, you met him in a hospital, you know, this is part of it, but it took on when he became my person, like it changed. But like you mentioned, the looking at Google, looking at statistics, it's just when you start thinking about that in terms of this being your person, it's like, oh, oh, oh. So I feel all of all of what you said when you went to Google and started looking at things. It's very like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's terrifying. And I feel like that's something that, I mean, it's one of the first things as soon as you find out about CF, like your, if you, your partner has CF or somebody you're dating, that's a huge, huge decision right there, right off the bat is that, you know, to even, he said that even having somebody that looked up what it was, was huge because a lot of people don't like even close people mm-hmm. like don't have that curiosity or interest. They kind of like take it at face value, like, but really knowing and understanding. So he knew like by me doing that and looking and asking questions that, but it's still like, it was terrifying for him too, because there's a chance that when he's opening up, like I could be like, no, this is way too much. Right. So, you know, that has to be terrifying. And I've experienced that on my side a little bit because I struggle with like anxiety and depression. So like I've talked about like mental health, like when I've dated before or the fact that, you know, a previous relationship and they're like, okay, you shouldn't tell people that. I'm like, it's like part of your life. Like, like, you know, so you really are like putting yourself out there and being like, okay, do you want this? Do you not want this? And I feel like something just so important is to not look at those numbers because so much has changed. And just the three years that we've been together. So I've watched those numbers rise. Mm -hmm. I have watched like miracle drugs come out. Like, things change by the day. Like this is, if I had to pick a community to join, like this is crazy. Like the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And also we have a local um, foundation here. Um, And it's just like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like a beast of its own. And it's just so beautiful and so supportive. And everyone just like, nonstop, like always helping each other. And somebody's always looking to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's so huge. And I've just seen all of these numbers like increase, like how long like a lung transplant can last or the life expectancy or, you know, even the possibility of having children. Mm -hmm. So even for like parents of young kids with CF, like just to let them know, like there's a future, right. you know, don't look at that, like a few awful statistics. 
like look at all like these success stories and like that's what I that's what we go on like okay it happened for one person like all right then it's a possibility and I feel like staying optimistic is really big I agree and I've had I've had several people that I've told because they've asked me they're like if you could tell a new spouse or partner or somebody who meets somebody would see if they're thinking about dating what do you tell them and I and I always say focus on the person not the number because every relationship has ups and downs outside of CF you know I mean like it's it, you're gonna have those bumps you're gonna have you know those things where you go Ugh, I don't want to look at you but you know it's it's not you know the CF doesn't have to define that situation because you know anything could happen to anyone at any time and so you know I just I think like you you just you try to just you you stay positive about it and you think you know what even if it's for six months or six years or 60 years you know you you value the time that you have and make the most of it so yeah I feel like that entering a relationship when you have that information up front it was it changed how I, how we've been in our whole relationship is just like valuing the time we have each other. And, you know, after experiencing hospital stays, like we value like going to bed with each other now. Cause I used to stay up late all night long, but like after my first hospital stay as like a partner was terrifying and like, um, not being able to go to bed with him instantly I'm just like okay like I I was taking that for granted and like this is something you know with when you're when your partner has something like this that requires like hospital stays or things like that there are certain things that you need to appreciate while you have them and something as little like as simple as that of just like going to bed together like that's something like instantly after our first hospital stay like it was a priority for me like that's something like I'm going to like cherish now because I didn't I never experienced anything like that before it was terrifying and sad and scary so knowing that I feel like knowing what we do know about CF has um, made us be able to just grow like so much deeper and faster and stronger than like a normal relationship. I agree because I think you get you have a certain level of intimacy that's you know not mm-hmm. physical but just just that you have a deeper seated connection because you know you have this whole other fight that you're fighting together mm-hmm. that you know other relationships haven't had yeah it's I know like I had never talked to any of my like a couple but not so early on about like bowel movements and sputum which I never even used that word before <laughs> So, like, there was a a lot of intimate details, like, and just being so vulnerable and open, especially, like, after that first time, 
in the hospital when he has like a bowel obstruction and I'm like holding like his urinal or like, you know, waiting for him to fart. Like these are little things like you don't even think. And other people, other people would like not understand. Right. It's a very <laughs> specific to being like a partner of somebody with CF. Oh yeah, for sure. There's definitely things that we see in you that I don't think other spouses no. and do but yeah no, like like we will like high five like for a fart now <laughs> like after about like a bowel obstruction like a cf bowel obstruction like you know we have this joke now okay have you passed gas from below have you passed <laughs> like that's like what the doctor had kept saying so it's just like you have to laugh about those things i mean you you can't be shy anymore yeah. And I feel like with something like CF, like it really, it's very raw and upfront right from the beginning. There's no really, there's no hiding it. You can't hide that. There's not. And wait <laughs> until you guys go through the IVF process when he has his procedure done. All of the shyness goes completely out the window, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you just, it's a whole, it's a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miss Rebecca. How about you and Cody? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so my name is Rebecca, and my husband is Cody. Um, and we also met online um, in 2016. Um, and so we talked for a couple weeks and then went on our first date. Um, and really, like, we just connected instantly. You know, like, on the first date, we're here talking about you know, religion and politics and all the things that you're not supposed to talk about on a first date, but it just really, really clicked with us. Um, and so I think it was our third date that he told me that he had CF. Um, and I knew a little bit about CF. I knew basically just that it was serious, but he seemed like he was pretty healthy. And so I was kind of like, well, we'll just see where this goes and see how it works out and, you know, worry about other things later. Um, but as we got closer, I did start getting more worried and, you know, started looking up things online and that wasn't incredibly helpful. Um, kind of like Lindsay and, um, honestly, I think what helped was probably around six months of us dating. I went to a clinic visit with him, um, and just kind of like seeing the team. I mean, I had never seen anything like that in the healthcare setting. Like these people knew him and, you know, there's like, you know, six different people coming into the room. Um, and it was also really obvious as soon as they realized that he brought a girlfriend with him, that they were all outside talking about it, <laughs> which was kind of hilarious. But it just felt really good that, like, there were all these people that really, really cared about him um, and kind of had his back. Um, and I remember, I think it was the respiratory therapist, actually, um, who was talking to me, I know, <laughs> Megan. Um, and, and she said, you know, CF isn't a death sentence anymore. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it in so many terms, but it did make me feel better, you know, that she just had hope that, you know, like he's going to have a future and have a full life. Um, and, and yeah, and I just, I just liked him a lot. I mean, we clicked well. Um, and I just knew that we could figure out whatever life threw at us, you know, and, and nothing is guaranteed anyway. I think a lot of people kind of go through life with a a false sense of, you know, security and longevity and everything. And so when you have CF kind of like you guys were talking about, 
Um, it's in front of you. So like you just don't take anything for granted because everything can change in a day or a week. You know, like first time he was admitted and we were together, I spent one night at home by myself and decided that's terrible. And so I slept in the hospital with him <laughs> because, you know, I'm not going to sleep anyway. So I might as well just be together and not sleep. Um, but yeah, we and we dated for a year before we got engaged and then got married the next year as well. And so, again, kind of with CF, there's no point in not going for it if exactly if you're in love and, it, and it's working just go for it and you know don't waste any time I know I always laugh we got married eight months to the day from our first date I told him I was ready to marry him like the next week right I was just like I want I don't know how to sound not creepy but I was like I want you to come over and like and just like lock you in here. Like, I just don't want you to leave. Like number one, like COVID was happening. I wanted to like keep him safe and protect him. So before he came and I was like, oh, just COVID. Like, I didn't really understand like, cause I was healthy. So like COVID initially like wasn't as like life-changing for me. <clears throat> I was just like going about my business. But once like I'm, he's opening up and, you know, talking about like, his lung transplant and, you know, immunosuppressants and just how terrifying everything was. And then like coming from somebody who was like in lung failure and couldn't breathe before. And now this like huge thing is coming that is, you know, making people not be able to breathe. Like he was terrified and it just, it felt so good to be able to like, just bring him into like my bubble and just like, like tried to protect him. And like, so like I went out and like would grab groceries and just try to do like clean everything, like sanitize and just eventually like he was coming over like, you know, a couple times a week and then it just was longer and longer. And then like six months in, I was like, and I had to really hold back. I waited six months, like almost to the day until I asked him to move in, but I was ready to give him like a key, like the next day. I'm just like, I, when you know, you know, and I knew, and I was like, okay, this sounds crazy because like, I just met this guy online. So I was like, I'm going to try to be like <laughs> real here. So, and not get carried away, but oh, it was just so special. And Meeting somebody that has been through such crazy, just such crazy things. Like uh, given he was um, like diagnosed at birth, he was given, you know, not <laughs> maybe a 50% chance to live until he was 18. And then it was <clears throat> about, you know, making it to like a lung transplant or surviving a lung transplant and like all of these just very heavy things that I've never, a lot of people don't understand and have never dealt with. And also like he's on disability and, you know, now with his lung function, like we went to a clinic visit the other day and he was up 500%. Wow. from his from before the transplant yeah is his face the smile though <laughs> and it was just it's just wild to like just to see see this stuff and you know you feel he feels 
bad about being on disability still. I don't know if bad's the right word. Guilty? I don't know. Because like day to day, he does look good. Right. You don't you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. But you know, he still does his nebulizer treatment, AM and PM, like every other month he does it. Takes, you know, handful of pills <laughs> three times a day. He has to go, you know, to clinic visits every three months. And this is all just maintenance now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And but things take him out like in hours. Like a bowel obstruction like had come on. And I didn't think anything of it at first. Like, cause I didn't understand. Normally, like I could have like cramps for like a few days or, you know, something like that. But so like, I kind of was just like waiting for it to pass. And the speed that it escalates, like hours, like he was fine and then just wasn't fine. And I'm just like, okay. Like that was, things changed very quickly. And like, even though he looks fine still, like he can still have any type of like infection, like in his lungs. And like, you don't know that. And then all of a sudden a nurse was coming over to our house and like putting in, doing like an IV for him. He did IV antibiotics at home. And I'm just like, this is terrifying. But like, those are like the behind the doors things that people don't really see still. And like the thought, of like having like a regular job where you're, re- you know, reporting going in and having something, you know, like, Oh, I didn't go to the bathroom for a few hours and then you're out for two weeks. Right. Or, you know, so these are just, those are the things that like you still live with, like, and you still have to worry about. And they're just emotional. Mm-hmm. But in the big picture, worth it. So worth it. How did um, how did your friends and families react to finding out that your husband's had CF? Because I know, like, obviously, I'm I'm very strong-willed, and I'm gonna do what I want to do, kind of deal. Um, but I remember my dad looking at me and going, "Are are you sure?" Are you sure that this is, you know, because, you know, you could end up alone. You can, and I'm like, well, that can, and that's when I, that's when I said, you know, that could happen. That could happen at any point. And so, you know, I just said, I'm, I'm fine. It's, it's fine. And, and it's been fine. You know, there's, there have been times where it has been scary and I thought I was going to lose him during COVID, not because of COVID, but I just, you know, he got really sick and, you know, it has been, it has, there, there have definitely been, you know, those times, but I never, I never would have chosen anything else. And then my friends, my friends are all really good. The biggest thing, the biggest struggle that I had with all my friends was they, them just not understanding how CF worked. Like he's in the hospital again. Why does he cough so much? Why did they not, did they not fix that? You know, I mean, those kind of things were, were, they were annoying at first, but you know, it took, it just took them learning about it and you know and they've all been amazing they all got you know they jumped with me right into doing great strides and do you know it was kind of like they were like okay well, we want to know too and so you know so it was kind of nice but 
but yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely, I don't think my parents were expecting this to be the route that my aunt said, go to the hospital and find a doctor. So I went to the hospital and found a patient, but you know, I'm, I'm good with that. I, you know, everybody's good with that, but it is, it has definitely been something that it took some time for my family to be, you know, to kind of, you know, they love Ty, but you know, it was kind of like, okay, is she going to be a widow in a year? Is she, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it was kind of, it was tough for them. So did y'all experience any of that? I mean, my family was very chill about the whole thing. Um, in a way, I wonder if they had done all the research that I had done because maybe they wouldn't have been so chill, but I just kind of took that as a good thing. Um, yeah. And friends were also just like, oh, that's cool. You know, like everyone was pretty relaxed about it, which was nice. I mean, honestly, probably the hardest part is when, you know, we go visit someone and I kind of, the first time we would go see somebody after, you know, I had Cody with me, I would say, okay, you know, like he has meds that need to go on the refrigerator, you know, like, can we find a pot so we can boil neb cups or something like that? It's just kind of like the day-to-day like management of the whole thing and trying to educate people on like, you know, he's got to do treatments or whatever, but but honestly, that's kind of good because it's it's education, mm-hmm. honestly, like just educating the public on on CF and how things go. But but nobody really discouraged me from, you know, dating him or or marrying him. Um, and with his family, I kind of have this joke. It's it's not really a great joke, but um, <laughs> I have this joke with his with his family that I have, you know, um basically a lifetime of mother-in-law points for marrying uh, the son with CF, you know? And so they just all thought that I was the best person ever, um, which I mean, it, it was not a stretch at all, but, but I just always think that's kind of funny. So it's kind of our inside joke in a way, but, but yeah, like it just kind of fit. Um, I feel, so I, um, struggle with my mental health like anxiety and depression I have had like my ups and downs over the years now I had been working like super hard on myself and my mental wellness before meeting Justin and I was in a much better place overall than ever before truly so um a few of my close friends are in the healthcare field already. Um, my cousin is like a nurse practitioner and my best friend's an occupational therapist. So they were like familiar with CF and they were worried about me. Like, okay, like, because they they knew a little bit about like what could be in the future. So they were, you know, they just kind of checked in like, okay, like this is kind of like what this could mean. Like, are you, are you like, are you good if this is what this means, you know? So they like checked in, but which I appreciate because it is a very big decision. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that they had been watching me like over the years, like really worked so hard and like, They didn't want something like, like say Justin dying, like to like break me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's just 
good friends. But I was just like, yep. I was like, and I thought, and I was like, you know, kind of like, I, I can't imagine like not. And then they were all in it with me. Um, my dad has never said anything, but he has said the stuff that your dad said Mm -hmm. to like my mom. Um, so I think that, and my dad's not a open emotional person. So, but he is like, kind of like a manly man, like, you know, fixes the cars and does you know supports does housework like does these types of things right so I think sometimes um when you envision like a spouse for your daughter right it's somebody that's going to take care of her you know physically financially whatever and now they everybody met Justin when he's like post-transplant and he's like not sick right like there's no coughing there's no oxygen tank there's no like he visually like looks fine like you would never know so nobody saw him in that like you know weak vulnerable state um which i feel is good because seeing like who he is like they get to see who he is they get to meet who he is not like who he is with cf right so i love that like that he's meeting all these new people like you know as his new improved self so that's awesome um but i know my dad um is still worried Mm -hmm. But he's never said anything to me. And he's always been like very supportive of, right. you know, us getting engaged and married and everything like that. I think it just, it's scary. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right. I think a lot of it is, you know, like as parents, you have visions for what you want for mm-hmm. your child and having to w- have them marry someone who, you know, your, your fear of them, you know, suffering this, you know, huge loss you know and because I know like we we were in the process of trying to figure out where we were going to live when COVID shut everything down so because we had just moved back to from West Georgia to East Georgia and so my parents house has a completely finished basement so we live in their basement and I'm really glad because like I said Ty got he got really sick he was on a ventilator I I really thought he was going to die in September of 2020 and so I think that my parents probably got to see their worst fear play out because here I am. I mean, like I am just a crumbling mess because he was, you know, I was so scared and I'm trying to hold it together for my kids. And, you know, so I think that, you know, I, I think that that was, you know, they kind of got to see and it was like, Oh, you know, Oh God, Oh God. But thankfully, you know, Ty's fine now and everything was good, but, but yeah. And I really, it was never a matter of talking me out of it or you know trying to it was just you know we know you're strong we know you can handle whatever you are you sure you're good with this you know and you know that kind of thing and as soon as I said yeah I'm good you know that was kind of the end of it but I thought about that after he got so sick and I thought 
this is what he was asking about. This is this is that moment. And so mm-hmm. so yeah, kind of it's it's very interesting to look back. I mean, because it's been a thousand years now <laughs> since oh, since that lovely day in the hospital room. I tell everybody, I'm like, it was like a lightning bolt. I knew I walked in, something felt different. And I was like, this is my person. And he had on basketball shorts and he was beautiful. I felt that when I saw Justin's face, like I hadn't even looked at his profile yet. I just like saw his like little smirk and it was so funny because he had a Batman belt on (laughs) and I'm like, that's not my thing. So like I had to like try and like, and there was like a selfie, like in a mirror, like a bathroom mirror. So I could like see the toilet behind him and like, like a little dirty like mirror. And it was nothing like super gross, but enough to be like, you know, shake my head. Like, okay. I'm like, but like his face, it was just like, so he just looked so genuine. And I had just like, never seen that before. Like a look of just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I just stared. And then I was like, I, I clicked on the profile eventually and like everything, like he had like the same answers as me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And then, you know, no, <laughs> No turning back. It was just, it was the best decision of my life. But still scary sometimes. But it could be like that with everybody. And like Rebecca said, like the a lot of people have that like false sense of security. And things can happen to anybody at any time. And I feel like it's a privilege kind of to know up front so you can cherish these times and nobody's like we're not living like we're invincible here right and like naive and like we're we're real and justin is you know he's he's very good about his care and i think that that's huge because that could break people up Uh If, if you're in it with somebody who and you're so invested and they're not as invested in their own care that's heavy right but it's very easy to get on board and join this fight when they're already you know they're taking care of everything they're in control and justin in his teen years he said that he wasn't the best like he went through a lot of like depression in his teens because You know, he had very not great statistics and, you know, that's when he found out he might never be able to be a father or, you know, a life expectancy. So there was a lot that he dealt with as a teen that like most, a lot of people don't deal with, don't think about. And he said that like he skipped some doctor's appointments or, you know, held off on going into the hospital. So, you know, not saying he was always perfect with his care, but like, now as adults like being on his team is very easy because he is like we always put health first and whether that's you know making sure we have all of the meds ordered or making sure we're checking to that you know nobody's sick where we're going or just little things like that and having to be like okay you have to be honest like if you're not feeling well and that was never like as serious before yeah 
because like if say if my mom had a cold or something like we, I would still come home but like now sh- there's a lot of responsibility on to other people in our close circle like group and family that has to be honest and put Justin before their own needs because my mom still wants to see me mm-hmm. So she has to be like honest because she's going to be like, okay, well, if I say like, I'm not feeling well, then they're not going to come home. and I'm not going to see her. But so that took a little bit to um, navigate, especially just because like we met during COVID. So it was like all at once, which I feel like maybe made it, made it easier (laughs) because, you know, we had COVID to like, okay, this is very very something very deadly anyway but like really scary for somebody who already has like issues with breathing so um but it's still scary because people still don't think like when they have like the sniffles or something yeah that was that was tricky for us to trying to you know make people understand you know i don't little colds for you and I become pneumonia and admissions for him. And and it was so crazy because for the first, I don't know, like maybe a year that we were together, I feel like maybe even two years, I don't know, but he, I felt like he had a bunch of admissions, like back to back to back to back to back. It was like, he just couldn't ever really get settled. And then he did. But I remember like in those times thinking, like it really dawning on me, okay, we really need to be diligent about this, making sure that, you know, we're not exposing to things and whatever. And so, you know, I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe working in the hospital has made that, you know, a bazillion times worse and then COVID just made it insane. But I think that that helps with stuff like this, because then I'm over here, like, you know, telling the boys don't sneeze in daddy's eyeball. Don't, you know, let's, Try not to do the gross things and, you know, keep your distance and, you know, but it doesn't matter because they bring the plague home every year anyway. So it's disastrous, but, but yeah, it is very, it is, it's very interesting. Like when you think about all of the, the rules for lack of a better word that our lives have, because we have this person who we're trying to keep healthy and trying to do these things and then, you know, finding the balance for doing that. And then, you know, being just a normal couple who want to go out and do whatever. It's, yeah, some extra (laughs) navigating. So my closing question for you guys, all three of us talked about looking at Google and looking (laughs) at Grimm statistics. If there was one, and this is, we can, we can pause and think about this, but if there was one thing that you wish had been on that Google search, besides the horrific statistics, if there was one thing that you wish that you would have found when you went looking for dating someone with CF, what would you have liked to have seen there? I can answer this. (laughs) Success stories, good things. So I was looking and looking just for like people our age Mm -hmm. at at, um, like an adult, with CF and because a lot of articles are written, you know, by doctors talking about being kids or, you know, about the statistics, but there, I don't feel like it was 
super like accessible to get straight to like say like the CF page where you know there was positivity and like you know good stories and resources and everything and I wish like that was something that kind of popped up first but then everything like that I was looking for and looking for and like wanted information on and to understand I just felt like it wasn't there um and I know that that's because we are in a time where we're like paving the road Mm -hmm. so if you want it there we have to put it there exactly so Justin um and I talked about like him sharing his sharing things on Instagram so he created an Instagram page and it brought us like every week he tried to do a post like talking about different parts of his life and like where he is now and um it's emotional to have them kind of like live through that again mm-hmm. all those different things so sometimes it was really heavy and then other times we would get going and um he would end up in the hospital and that you know really takes a toll because he's here like writing these posts like about you know how far he's come and this and that and this kind of like knocks him back and he like loses like all of this like energy and like it takes him a while to like, find his footing again and so <clears throat> it's difficult to be the one with cf and having it to be a responsibility to kind of, not responsibility but you know yeah i don't know the word that i'm looking for but <laughs> If you want it there, you have to put it there. But people don't understand how exhausting CF is. Right. So having like this energy to do things like that is difficult. So I'm really grateful that like he let me like join in and like, you know, helped kind of like like a little guideline of like things we can talk about and like you know helping him gather pictures and like things so like to so it's still like his information but like I really you have to be a team for this Mm -hmm. because it's a lot to put on somebody and but I feel that there's not a lot out there because people weren't living this long before people weren't in these situations where they had the opportunity to do IVF, right. You know, with, it was before just, you know, people with CF weren't having children like that. So I think that having um, the support and resources is huge. So that's what I absolutely wanted. And we're just trying to put it out there now. And I think that 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 is exactly what motivated me for Project CF Spouse. I remember going to, we got married and I thought, oh, we've got insurance. He's going to have access to all the meds he needs. He's going to do all this stuff. And naively, because I didn't know, I didn't know specialty pharmacies. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I had everything sent to Walgreens. And I felt like super wife because I was going to go pick it all up. And I get there and they're like, uh-huh, yes, Miss Barker, it's going to be 
$6,983.28. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? As I'm clutching every pearl that I have because <laughs> holy crap. And, you know, I didn't know. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so like, then I started digging and learn, you know, that's when I learned about having specialty pharmacies and insurance only covering certain things and having to do this and that and having, having someone to vent to about insurance frustrations was huge. When I met my first CFY friend and I called her and I said, oh my God, I hate the insurance. And she was like, yes, I you know, I mean, it was literally like, you're my person. You know, because I was just, I was so grateful to have somebody to talk to who truly, you know, because there's not, there's nothing out there written about that. There's no, there's no anything that tells you that you're going to spend hours of your life on the phone with the insurance company arguing about the difference between sodium chloride and sterile water. Like, I mean, there's, there's nothing that, you know, there's no roadmap for this. And so those are the kind of things that I wish I had seen. And, and as a result have kind of been how we've pivoted with projects. You have spouse to kind of make sure, okay, let's create this because this needs to be out there because this is all the stuff that we've lived through. <laughs> what about you, Rebecca? You have anything totally going to put you on the spot. I mean, I mean, you mentioned IVF and I could have like a whole separate conversation on IVF and all the things that I wish people had told us before we started. Um, same. Let's but, do that next time. <laughs> yeah, but I I agree though. I feel like, you know, having adults with CF who are married and you know healthy enough to want to have kids and do things is kind of a new concept. And so I think you know, twenty years from now, there's going to be all the resources on right mm-hmm. IVF stuff, but that's not going to help us at all, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so what I think that I could have used was just like an honest perspective on dating someone with CF and kind of what married life looks like when you're married to someone with CF. Because I did find some articles, you know, with adults or families where, you know, one of the parents had CF, but, you know, they were put out by, you know, the CF Foundation or other organizations. And, you know, it paints a super rosy picture. And I was like, okay, I'm not that naive, right? Like, I know it's, I know that there's challenges here and, you know, just having kind of a, a framework or an example of what it's like to navigate daily life with CF, you know, and try to balance health with doing, you know, having a normal life and doing normal things. And, um, you know, when you feel like you have to deal with a lot more than other couples have to deal with and you look pretty normal on the outside. So people don't really understand what that's like, you know, what it's like to spend hours talking on, you know, to insurance companies or, you know, to have to deal with the beginning of the year and, you know, your deductible out of pocket resets and you're trying to figure out how to not drop five grand on meds this month, you know, um, it's, it's hard. And so like having kind of an honest perspective on that would have been nice. Um, but that's definitely kind of what I eventually found with Project CF Spells. So it's like, I think the first spouse call I was on, I was like, this is amazing. Like these people actually understand like what it's like. And so that's, it's really, really helpful. Oh, yay. That makes me feel good. Cause that was my goal. 
That was my goal with the spouse calls. That's my goal with these, because I'm hoping that like when people come to the website and they find the podcast, like that they'll see, you know, cause we have two on IVF, but after this conversation, I have an idea for another one that I think we need to look at. But, you know, my, my goal is wherever you are, if you have just met someone, if you're married, if you're engaged, if you're not going to get married, but you're, you know, whatever, you know, that there is something that there is a resource there that you can say, hey, you know what? OK, it's not that bad. I can do this. I want to do this, this you know, because mm-hmm. I it hurts my heart to think that there's that there are people out there who say I can't do this. And they walk away from something because it seems like it's too heavy. And I, I mean, I don't judge people because everybody has their their reasons for doing things. But if if we can empower people to not give up, then, you know, that's amazing. I think sharing the message that it's doable, right? And it's not, it's not only doable, but like, it's a good life. Mm -hmm. Like we have a good life and Mm -hmm. there are, you know, bumps in the road for sure. Things that I've never experienced before, but I know that I'm where I need to be. Right. Like. I've never felt like so loved and appreciated and, you know, like respected and like he sees me and I see him and like, we're a great team. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've always been like a caretaker anyway. It's just like my nature. So this, it makes sense that this is where I ended up, (laughs) you know, because like Mm -hmm. I am very I'm very good at the paperwork and the phone calls. And I mean, I don't enjoy it, but he has been dealing with it for 40 years and is exhausted. Like he would just like pretend not to see it. So like these bills would pile up in this paperwork. So like the first like six months we were together, it was me just like helping him like with paperwork and like phone calls and following up. And I was like, you know, we can do this. And then, you know, three years in, I'm, you're having the same conversations every single time with the same issues every single time. Right. So I get it. I, I'm glad that I am there now to kind of take some of that on mm-hmm. because I do, I have the energy and capacity for that. And I know that he's that really like is very heavy on him. Right. Well, and then I feel like too, like for me, you know, I can't, I can't make Ty breathe better. I mean, like I, there's, I can't, I can't make sure that he has every respiratory gadget known to mankind and every, but I mean, I can't, I can't do anything to heal his lungs and make him not have CF. I can't do, you know, so what I can do is spend those hours on the phone. And, you know, making sure he has all this stuff. And, you know, because I had somebody ask me one time, they were like, well, why do you do that? Why can't he do that? And I was like, well, that's because he's done. I've had that before, too. And, you know, if I can do this one little thing that just, you know, because I also know him and I know that there are a lot of things that he would just say, you know what, I don't have to have this and it's fine. And he would do without. And I'm not okay with that either. You know, even though there are days where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm not, I'm not talking to them anymore. I'm handing it back to you because I'm going to end up in jail. <laughs> but, you know, um, he, it just, it's, 
I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where also he would be like, well, I don't know. Talk to my wife. Ask her. You know, she's going to know more about this than I am. So it's it's a whole, we have a whole process with this now. But but mm-hmm. yeah, I think what I, it's something that I can do for him to make. if And if I can do one thing that makes his life a little less complicated, then I'm good. Yeah, I feel that. But I remember that first time where I was like, yeah, I need to, you know, I need to call or reapply for Medicaid, something, you know, which you have to constantly do and prove, you know, all these things. Well, why do you have to do it? And I just like froze. I'm just like, I don't even have the energy to answer that question. And I get somebody asking that, but also I don't have the energy to answer it because it takes we have something that works right and like this is us and you know it just maybe like I just won't say that to people that aren't in this (laughs) because once you get that response back it's like okay you don't get it right you know so you kind of learn like who to say things to or kind of not say things to and not that I'm I don't want to share, but just kind of like, I want to be able to talk about some things and not also have to explain it to you at the same time to like, say like my mom, you know, and she wants to learn and understand, but like sometimes at the end of the day, it's just like trying to talk to somebody that really doesn't get it. Right. Or doesn't know that that specific stuff. Well, and then too, it's it's always different too when you're talking to someone who doesn't have a sick partner, mm-hmm. doesn't have a, you know, it, because it's a very different relationship. So until it's it's that situation, uh-huh. I, I just I just think it's different. It is. It's very. I've had similar conversations with my mom. My mom is amazing, and she does all the things. But I will tell her all the time. I'm like, you you know, but you don't. Uh-huh. And so that's, you know, that's kind of been like our balancing act. You know, I'm grateful for what she can do, but there are just things I'm like, you're never going to be able to scream at Medicare like I can. I'm sorry. You're just not. <laughs> it's, at this point. Yeah, it's I understand that other people do go through things like this, you know, with having to apply for like assistance or, you know, insurance stuff and co-pays. I think that with CF, it's a little different because it's a chronic illness. It's there, you know, it can come at different degrees at different times, which makes it confusing. It It's different for everybody. Like I, I met a girl whose husband got diagnosed as a husband or as an adult because of infertility. Mm-hmm. And my husband was diagnosed at birth with a bowel obstruction. There are extremes to this. There's like people, you know, lung failure as kids or teens. Some people, you know, Justin made it to 30. He was diagnosed at birth, but still made it to 37 before a lung transplant. So it's, there's so many variables. There's so many moving parts and no two people are ever going to be alike. But like we still are all like experiencing it on like in some way. Right. 
but I think that having a space like this is huge <laughs> because my first, um, I saw a couple, Kyle and Katera. Yes. He wrote for something about having children for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Immediately, I searched, searched, searched. I found like him. I messaged him on Instagram. He got me in touch with her. And then she talked to me. And that was like the first time I felt like, you know, supported and understood and like not alone. And then she, you know, led me to this group and also helped me find the, you know, CFIVF group. Mm -hmm. So like seeing that, but still like I posted in the IVF group, you know, my husband is, you know, post double lung transplant, but he has, you know, elevated this and this, you know, anybody and crickets. So no two people are still going to be alike. Right. Even, you know, when you do have these support systems and, that's okay too. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, but like you said, there. there's there's still the umbrella that mm-hmm. we're all kind of floating under where we kind of have, you know, the different things. And so, and I think it's amazing. And I love hearing stories like that where you're able to find, you know, mm-hmm. the pieces. Because for so long there 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 wasn't even a beginning piece of a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like you were you were left with Google. Yeah. So I'm really Google can be pretty Google, scary. <laughs> but that's not what's what's left. So but yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Do y'all have anything else that you want to add before we finish up? I mean, I would just say that I think it's important to remember at the end of the day, um, kind of like you all have talked about, that I mean, we're married to great guys who just happen to have CF. And so I wouldn't don't let the CF scare you away because you'll figure it out. It's not fun all the time, but it can be super fun, you know? Like, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, it's a good life. It is. It is. And you can have a full life and there's nothing. Um, I, I think that, you know, don't get caught up in the statistics. Don't let, don't let the, the negative be what, what defines your relationship because, you know, like Lindsay said, there's bumps in the road everywhere you look. So CF doesn't have to be one of them. And it can be something that you guys do together. You you tack it together and, you know. It is the one of the best communities that I've ever joined. And like Rebecca was saying about the first time I went to the doctors with him, it seeing, I was like, this isn't how it's like for other normal people. I was like, nobody like everybody on the floor came in, like he was a freaking celebrity. <laughs> everybody came in. Hey, Justin, how are you? Everyone was so excited that he had, you know, met somebody and know him like in and out and have watched him on this journey. And I was like, it's not like that everywhere you go. And we're experiencing that now, like maybe with the urologist's office, you know, people that aren't like specific to CF care, but like, that team, like, you know, the hospitals or the, the lung transplant, the respiratory, like, that is something I've never seen before. And I am moved by it every time I see it. Because, and I just love it. I, I love the way it makes him feel, you know, 
Like he's mm-hmm. a little celebrity, like, oh yeah, I know them. I know them. And, you know, hearing his stories and that's not a common thing. <laughs> no, we're so. the, we're the, when Ty gets admitted, the therapist, the people come in there, they're like, aren't you the one that married the respiratory therapist that used to work here? He's like, yep, that's me. And just, you know, there's um, a local husband and wife at the um, same thing. She was, I think she was a nurse. She was his nurse and they got married too. And they just had a little baby and all great success stories. Yes. And I love those. I love all the success stories. They make me happy. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I can't wait to share this. I think it's going to be very impactful for everyone. Mm -hmm.